0: From deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, here is Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. Episode Strange Synths Little Heard Recordings from Unique Synthesizers. So, what is a synthesizer? By my own definition, found in my book, a synthesizer is basically an electronic musical instrument containing several integrated components to create, modify, amplify, and play sounds. Going through my record archives, I have noticed many recordings made with unusual and somewhat unique synthesizers. These range from the homemade synthesizers by David Behrman, for his early microcomputer music, to university-based systems such as the Sampson Box by Peter Sampson, found at the Center for Computer Research in Musical and Acoustics at Stanford University, and the Salmar Construction, found at the University of Illinois, made by Professor Salvatore Martirano. Others are seldom heard synths, made by commercial companies that found it difficult to compete against the Moogs, Arps, Korgs, Roland's, Oberheims, and sequential circuits of the world. Since such as those made by Surge, EML ElectroComp, and EMU, for example. In this episode, we'll listen to recordings made using these seldom heard synthesizer gems. Many styles of music will be represented We make no judgments here, it's all wonderful to hear, and you will see for yourself how inventive musicians put these great gadgets to work in their styles of music from disco to jazz. These recordings all originated with equipment created during the 1970s with one exception, The seldom-heard sound of the Alpha Centauri, a moment in personal computer history when the Apple II Plus computer was married with a synthesizer soundboard and keyboard. So let me run down the tracks we will hear. In chronological order, they are the following. We will begin with a track from David Behrman, Pools of Phase-Locked Loops, from the album My Dear Siegfried in 2005. This piece is not from 2005, however. The recording dates from 1972, when David was experimenting with homemade synthesizers in performance. At a time when commercial models of analog synths were widely available, Behrman and other musicians, such as Gordon Mumma and David Tudor, insisted on creating purpose-built instruments, Behrman explains. The homemade synthesizers had 32 voltage controlled triangle wave generators built around a chip utilizing a circuit design called the phase locked loop. The chip made smooth glides possible from one pitch to another. The homemade synthesizers also had voltage controlled amplifiers, rows of small knobs, and frequency counters with the aid of which the performers could retune individual oscillators during a performance. David Behrman and Catherine Morton Austin are featured on this recorded uh, track made at Radio Bremen in Germany. The next track is by John Ridges and is Fugue in G, written by Johann Sebastian Bach from the album Computer Controlled Synthesizer Performances, which came out in 1977. This work was made using a computer-controlled music synthesizer, which its makers dubbed Mesmeralda. It was comprised of 200 integrated circuits that could create 96 different pitches assigned to six separate channels. Only one waveform was used, however, a square wave, and there was no envelope control. So hence the simple organ-like tone of the piece. From the same album comes Ruffles, performed by composer John Ridges. This track featured a slightly more advanced computer music synthesizer they called the AD-8. It featured up to eight synthesis boards, each one relating to a single channel. So eight pitches could be played at a time, and there was filtering, waveform generation other than square waves, and simple envelope generation to provide a slightly more advanced sound. As Ridges wrote in the liner notes with pride, quote, These pieces are generally free of the bizarre noises usually found on electronic synthesizer albums, unquote. The pieces were recorded in real time without overdubs. Then we will listen to a track by Patrick Gleason from his album Patrick Gleason's Star Wars. I'm going to play Star Wars theme, Luke's theme, which was recorded and mixed at Different Fur in San Francisco in July 1977. The piece showcases various beds, rhythms, and sounds made using the EMU modular synthesizer. Quote, selections from the film performed on the world's most advanced synthesizer, is what the liner notes say. This was engineered, produced, arranged, and conducted by... Gleason. Gleason was at the helm of Different Fur Studios in San Francisco, which was an alternative to the L.A. sound and Moog influence of of Beaver and Krauss down south. At Different Fur, Gleason experimented with many synthesizers, including the Moog. He was featured on Crossings by Herbie Hancock in 1972, which was partly recorded at Different Fur, but gradually drifted to alternative systems such as the EMU. Next, we have a track by Benny Maupin from the album Moonscapes in 1978. Yes, that's the same Benny Maupin, the woodwind player featured on so many Jazz Fusion albums. This album was recorded at Different Fur as well, around the same time as Patrick Gleason's Star Wars. So guess what synthesizer they used? Correct, the EMU modular programmed by Gleason. But this is not at all like the Star Wars album and shows some versatility for the mighty emu. The synth is used on many tracks, but so are many other instruments, so it is quite difficult to pick out the sounds of the emu on most, in most cases. So I picked a short, mostly solo track called Crystals, which features Maupin playing the synthesizer and woodwinds. The artist, Sylvester, was after a Giorgio Moroder-like sound on his disco album called Step 2 in 1978. He found a very good imitation of it in the EML or Electronic Music Laboratories modular synthesizers, more commonly known as the ElectroComp synthesizers. The track I'm going to play is called You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. This is one of the few albums to feature the ElectroComp 101 synthesizer and 200 expander unit plus and Oberheim DS2 sequencer all played by Pat Crowley. Sylvester was the producer, played piano and provided lead vocals. EML was a Connecticut-based synth maker that was around from about 1970 to 1984. They were best known for their electrocomp modular synths as heard here. The 101 was a duophonic semi-modular 44-note synth and the model 200 was an expander unit that added ring modulation, spring reverb, and high and low filters to that setup. It was interesting to hear this marauder-like pulsating synth sound coming from something other than a Moog. Now we will turn to three tracks from Per Ubu and the album Dub Housing in 1978. We will hear I Will Wait, Davy, and On the Surface. One of the remarkable aspects of this group was that they relied on synthesist Alan Ravenstein to create electronic fills and hooks to flesh out and punctuate the songs, all blended and mixed to provide many weird hooks and twists. This is another example of the EML ElectroComp duophonic modular synthesizer although almost used in a polar opposite way than Sylvester. Nothing else was really like this in rock music at the time. This album was their second and recorded in Ohio. I used to get letters from the gang uh, thanking me for writing about their music at the time. Ravenstein is still active and an electronic musician, although he has left the EML for other synthesizer frontiers. He remains very much the experimental improviser. From 1980, this album from Pascal Languerand features the unusual and much sought-after Farfisa Synth Orchestra. This was the famous Italian company's entry into the string synthesizer fray. The Synth Orchestra was split into two keyboard sections, a polyphonic strings section and a mono synth voice. It was a hybrid organ and synthesizer, and was used much by Klaus Schulze and other German electronic musicians for the short time that it was available from 1975 to 1978. Nine slider controls were positioned next to a three-octave keyboard and provided some chaotic control episodes for this much-beloved and rare keyboard. Then we will listen to two tracks by the progressive rock trio Mobius. Released in 1979. Clone Zone and Song for Laia. Yes, this is a progressive rock group that utilized the modular synthesizers known by the name Surge. They were developed by Serge Terepnin at Cal Arts in 1972. By the mid 1970s, Terepnin left Cal Arts and began to manufacture his instruments in Hollywood. Surge modules were designed to bring many odd elements of the circuits to the control of the performer, patching them in unusual ways beyond what was considered normal for a given module. The model used on this album probably had a 16-stage sequencer introduced by the company around that time, and I think you can hear such patterns in this song. Listen for the bubbling sequenced sounds that are contrasted to the monophonic solos of the Minimoog and patch sounds of the Arp Odyssey. I think the clone zone opens with the Surge pattern. Song for Laia, also by Mobius, uses the Surge, Oberheim, and Minimoog synthesizers. Listen closely to tune out the parts by the Odyssey and Minimoog, and you will experience a lovely bed laid down by the surge. Mobius had three members, one a violinist, heard on this track. The interplay of the violin with the surge is really very interesting here. And although the group used a Sennheiser vocoder on another track, The vocal distortion on this track may have actually been a voice processed with the surge. At least it sounds like that to me. The next track is by Henry Kucharsic and is called Play.Sam from an album called Walk the Line from 1985. This work was performed on the Samson Box at the Center for Computer Research in Music and Acoustics at Stanford University in California. The Sampson box was a computer-based digital synthesizer created for student use at the university. Sampson is an acronym for Systems Concepts Digital Synthesizer. It was a one-off special purpose digital synthesizer. This track is an escapee from the 1970s since the Sampson box was actually invented in 1977 by Peter Sampson. It represented an early stage of digital synthesis when commercial synthesizers were moving to digital technology but remained quite expensive. Another one-of-a-kind synthesizer was the Salmar Construction created by composer, Salvatore Martirano, between 1969 and 1972 at the University of Illinois. This analog synthesizer was designed for real-time performance and and improvisation. It looked like a large drawing table with an array of 291 touch-sensitive connections to enable the sound generating circuits. Behind it all, Were some computer circuits salvaged from the old iliac 2 computer music project and those generated random sequences with which the performer could interact while managing four parallel processes governing the 16 oscillators applying pitch timbre amplitude and envelope parameters to the sound martirano toured the world with the performing slash composing machine and described his live performances in the following manner quote, The composer in performance interacts with the machine as it composes, creating spontaneously four melodic lines which move throughout the concert space via a network of 24 overhead speakers. Unquote. This performance was by Bartirano while in Paris at Earcam in 1983. Then we will finish with the Herbie Hancock track called Ruff from Future Shock in 1983. Hancock was well known as an experimenter of new synthesizer technology. During the early stages of the home computer revolution, Hancock used an Alpha Centauri synthesizer as part of his ensemble of instruments. The Alpha Centauri was an add-in synth for the Apple II Plus computer with its own sound generating circuit board. The company was around from about 1980 to 1985. Its claim to fame was that it was much more affordable than the digital synthesizers made by New England Digital and Fairlight, each of which cost in the $30,000 to $50,000 range. The Alpha Centauri, on the other hand, was a mere $1,500. At this price, you got 16 voice polyphony, 16 digital oscillators, an envelope generator, keyboard, and a sequencer capable of storing up to 7,000 notes. Its affordable sequencing was a major attraction. This was before the Apple Macintosh was introduced. And with that event, in 1984, the Alpha Centauri was immediately made obsolete but not before Hancock was able to work it into some of his electronic jazz tracks. You must listen carefully to pick out the sounds of the Alpha Centauri because of all of the other synths and instruments on this track. I'm thinking the beeping marimba-like sound patterns heard at the beginning and end of the track are most likely the Alpha Centauri. So let's listen now to Strange Synths on this episode of the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes. This is Tom Holmes, you are listening to Strange Synths on the Archive of Electronic Music.
1: My window floating through the sandy sea. Forty years in a sealed drum is eternity. I have aged much as a pilgrim, won a game of chess or two. Heading home is very much the same as leaving you Another song is sung for Lion In a different harmony Voices from the ever past Always calling me Another dream is dreamt for lyre In a different melody All her mothers and her fathers Last forever in the sea I never dreamed I'd see a storm glow life begun Most men never really see in their face a hey, reflection mm-hmm. I see you in dust California called my name in time to go Light touch my mind in love song she never I'm <laughs> going
0: back. I hope you enjoyed Strange Synths on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes. Notes from the program are found on my blog, Noise and Notations, located at TomHolmes.com. If you would like to learn more about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, published by Routledge in print or as an e-book. Routledge has also published my book about sound art which you may also want to check out. If you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to explore our library of past episodes. They span many genres, technologies, and artists associated with electronic music, all inspired by vintage recordings from my archive with the hope of livening up the history of the music by playing the music itself. So long for now from the archive of electronic music. All of the music heard in this podcast, unless otherwise indicated, is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. For a complete playlist, go to theholmesarchive.podbean.com. All crackles, surface noise, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes, unless otherwise noted in the playlist. For notes about this episode... Please see the blog, Noise and Notations, at TomHolmes.com. So long from deep inside the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music.